Hi friends, I just want to encourage you during this pandemic. COVID-19 has changed our lives in various ways. Some have lost their loved ones. Some are sick in hospitals at home. And some are losing their grip and hope on life. And some have lost their jobs. And some are wondering, what is life going to be like after COVID-19? But I want to tell you this. God is still in control. I want to encourage you to have hope, trust, and faith that God is still a loving God. He has a thousand ways of dealing with one situation. Our God is so big. He created the universe. He cannot be limited by just one pandemic. As big as our God is, he'll be able to take care of us. He'll be able to bring comfort and healing into your life. So I just want to encourage you before we start our show today. Mm-hmm. On my way home from that uh, billing cycle meeting, I had to pull off the road and I cried for half an hour. Wow. Like I'm trying to do now, but it's it's such a big thing to me that yes. that's okay. Yes. I've learned yes. that. I am Michael Xarona, and you're listening to Why I Am Here, a show that shares the incredible stories of our guests and how they can inspire you to have a closer walk with God. On today's show, I sit down with Cory Bush. Now, Cory Bush is a business owner. Not only that, he is a Christian Seventh-day Adventist business owner. He is the owner of Bush Construction. Bush Construction has constructed quite a number of structures, homes, and different buildings in the state of Michigan. Cory went on to take projects for the church, for renovating one of the largest churches in the state of Michigan for the Seventh-day Adventist Church which is Village Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bering Springs, Michigan. On that project, he ended up incurring some losses, of which it is exciting to learn how God provided. I grew up in Alpena, Michigan, up towards uh, the Mackinac Bridge. My dad was a logger, and so that's why I'm in the sawmill business and heavy timber, because uh, I couldn't get it out of my blood. Oh, wow. So he was a pulpwood hauler which was like uh-huh. OSB chips, but he hauled in the Abitibi. And so when I was little, I got to drive the skitter when I was four and five years old and push him the semi through the sand pits when, when we were miles out into the woods. Mm. And so, you know, you, little kids can't get that out of their their blood. It's adventure, right? Yeah. I've been to Magno Island. So did you guys used to visit Magno Island a lot? Not too much. I've been there way more times living down here than when I was up there. Oh, wow. Why, <laughs> why is that? Because all we did is worked. Oh. My dad would leave at 3, 4 in the morning and come home mm-hmm. at 10 at night because he was cutting in the woods and hauling. And it was just a, it was a lot. Wow. I can, I can see that. So growing up, did you enjoy logging, construction type of work? Or? I always, my heart always went back to the timber and the trees and the, and the wood. We framed for a lot of years, me and my brother-in-law, Andy. Mm-hmm. And we, I bought a sawmill almost maybe a year after I got married. Uh, we took it apart from Battle Creek and brought it home. And we started sawing. And I sawed pretty much everything that I needed at home. And I started sawing for other people and building outside projects, little ones. And so now we've graduated to million-dollar buildings mm-hmm. with... with two other sawmills, and that's how we got our start in it. We just loved it so much, and now it's about half, a little more than half of my company does that. So let's uh, get back a little bit. So were you raised uh, a Christian or in the church? 
I was Seventh-day Adventist. I was raised a Seventh-day Adventist. My dad did some preaching in mm -hmm. Sabbath school, and he was a very devout Adventist. Was uh, this faith personal to you, or was your walk with Christ so personal when you were younger, or is there any point in life where you felt like, this is becoming real, this is my thing, it's not just my dad or my family's thing? Yeah, um, I think my wife hates it when I say this, but I think I was a lazy Adventist for 40-some years, mm. and I was brought up in the Adventist faith. I knew all the Bible stories, um, but I never read the Bible. I never really prayed, mm -hmm. and even as a married man, I really didn't pray together too much and have worship until I started working at the Village Church, and I met Ron Kelly and the staff here. Bruce Hayward was a big influence in my life also. Mm -hmm. God bless him uh, in his missionary work now. But it was only about five or six years ago that Jesus really took a hold of me and pointed out the things that I really needed to start looking at and reading. And we started having worship with the guys at work. And it's just kind of escalated from that point. Mm -hmm. And so he's been leading and He's been answering prayers, and that's what this testimony is kind of about. Amen. Praise the Lord. So now you're at Village. Uh, take us through the journey of uh, at the story, which is involved in the, the renovation of the church. So we started here. We won the bid, I think it was by $1,200, on the egress modifications on the front of the church. The stairways going to the basement were out of code. And so we came in. Uh, we were bidding against one other person. And we were working on that. And then after we got done with that, uh, the building committee wanted us to start the remodel on the church. And that was supposed to start out with uh, just the front of the sanctuary, the stage and that type of thing. Well, once we got started, uh, it ended up being kind of just following right through the whole church. Mm -hmm. We did the pews, the carpet, the balcony, the narthex, and out the back of the building. And so it was... It was a year-long project. How big was the church? Or how big is the church? Well, it's pretty good size. It's because some of our listeners may be thinking that it's a small, tiny church. I in think a it's the second largest church in the... It's a 1,000 members, mm -hmm. um, probably maybe half attending. So you might have three to 500 people in the sanctuary. So that's pretty good size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, I wanted to point this out. Between the two projects... Village Church and the sister church for Pioneer Memorial Church of Andrews. Uh, it was a church plant they did in Benton Harbor, and they were not supposed to end up on the same year. Because of circumstances, they ended up being in the same time frame, which kind of magnifies part of this testimony. Mm. So that building was the old health department building. Um, which is a commercial building, not a church, and that was supposed to be remodeled to be into a church for Harbor of Hope. Okay. The next thing we had to do is to get together as a company and decide how we were going to do this because it was a church, and I felt impressed and pushed to give them the best deal we could. So at that point, the decision was made that we we do it at cost mm -hmm. for both churches, and that's a year-long project at cost, which is difficult. But mm -hmm. we felt that, that God would bring us through it and, and triumph at the end. So we went into it, and it went well. We had the best construction time. I mean, it was the village church was the greatest place to work. I loved it. 
there was weeks that I put in 120 hours. Oh, really? Quite a few weeks. Wow. So I would work nights and days and, and with very little sleep. But the Lord provided, and we got it done. And then we went out the back, and we built a huge pergola towards the parking lot, and that was part of the deal. And so the whole testimony part of this is with both churches, mm -hmm. at the end, we dipped below cost. Mm -hmm. So the Lord did interject some really good paying jobs, some short paying jobs right after this project to bounce us back to right at the gray line. So when you say you went below cost, that means you ended up incurring some of the yeah. expenses that would make it uh, a little bit more than just running at cost. We didn't make a profit, obviously, mm -hmm. and we didn't we didn't make money at it. But then, the company has a fifty thousand dollar line of credit that we had to keep using from, so we used that up. So now we're in debt fifty thousand at the end of the project. At the end of the project. Yeah. So did you see this coming, or you're just going by faith, and then at the end of the project, you're like, oops. Yeah, at the beginning, we didn't plan on using that up because that was our backup. I don't like debt, mm -hmm. and I pay things as fast as I can pay them. I just hate it. Mm -hmm. So as we were going through, it was, yeah, we're starting to slip below that threshold, but we're not going to ask for any more. This is what we said we would do. We were working by the hour here, and so we just worked harder to get it done faster, thus maybe the longer weeks. And so... Once we fell below that and we used up that 50000 mm -hmm. uh, then we had an issue. And so at one point, I met with Ron and Bruce. I said, we're going to have to fold this company. I mean, it was to that point. I mean, mm -hmm. This is a year with making no money and spending money. It doesn't work that way in business. Right, right. That's so true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so at the time, to keep me afloat, it was $15,000. And the Village Church agreed to pay that. And so that paid some suppliers and and people that we had to pay. Right after all of this, we decided to do a project, another pergola at the school, the village school, mm -hmm. and we did that one the same way. So we just felt impressed that these things needed to be done and that we were going to be taken care of. I'm trying to understand here. You have just incurred an extra cost, and you had run below cost, which was an expense to you, which was something that made you to go into debt. And now you're taking another project that you have to work the same way, working at cost. Yeah. And how is that like? Is this uh, God stretching your faith, or how is that like? That's God stretching everything. Yeah, and faith is, is a big part of that. Mm -hmm. He's saying, in a way, I'm going to take care of you if you take care of me. And so I just kept pushing. And so Amen. we're going to get this done. And we did. But the testimony part of it is I didn't rely on anybody but myself. Mm. And I had projects coming up that I knew were coming up. And I said, these are going to pay for this. And, I'm, and I had it all laid out on how I was paying that 50000 back and I was going to get back on track. Mm. Five years later, no 50000 paid back. And I'm still running in the red. Five wow. years. And so finally... Before, before you, you go to how this all ended up being... What was going through your mind each year, like these uh, these four years mm -hmm. or maybe five years? 
it was difficult because I don't like debt. Mm -hmm. And so to not be able to pay that back was, I was just pushing harder and harder. In fact, there was a couple of projects right after, and this is God telling me, you need to listen to me Mm. because there was a couple of projects, good projects right afterward where we broke even again after coming out of the project at the church. And so he's testing me and he's saying, listen, you need to rely on me instead of yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what I got out of this whole deal, is Amen. the ability to just say, here it is, God, take it, and I know you'll take care of it, and I have the faith that you'll take care of it. So was there a time where you felt like doubting, like, uh, I don't know how this is going to work? Well, yeah, there's always a lot of doubt in there. I mean, there's always doubt. Even mm-hmm. now, the devil loves doubt. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's always pushing us to yeah. doubt. So how did you... Uh, keep on being strengthened like how did you keep going with the faith that God was going to come through well for the five years I didn't have a lot of faith okay because I kept trying to do it myself it all comes in that last fifth year where in the spring Mm -hmm. I had just had it I was in tears and I said Lord I'm handing it over to you this is your baby I am done with it so I expect by Christmas time, I put a date to it, by Christmas time that you'll pay that $50,000 back. And if you pay the $50,000 back, I will give $10,000 to build a church in El Salvador. Mm. And as soon as I did that, I was at peace. I had this overwhelming peace. And I had this overwhelming peace all summer long. But as the months went on, the devil gave doubt more and more. And, you know, August comes around. I'm like, Lord, you know, I want to go to the Boundary Waters with the guys. (laughs) And that's right. It's still not being paid back. But you promised me. I asked you and you promised to give that back. And so you're going to do it. And still peace all the way through. We get to November. Mm -hmm. Billing cycle. I do it once a month about the 10th. We're just before Thanksgiving. I said, Lord, it's November. December's next. I mean, we're down to the wire here, and there is no way that I can see we're going to pay $50,000 back. I don't make that kind of money. Hmm. And we haven't been able to save anything up. We're still running on the right on the line between red and black. So I come up to the billing cycle. I sit down with my accountant, with Andy, my brother-in-law, who does all the office work, and myself. And when we got done with that billing cycle, God had paid back $50,000. Wow. He had put me in the black by $30,000. Wow. He basically just gave me $50,000 because we didn't make it. But part of the good story is Mm -hmm. he didn't make me pay for the church. So the next week after that, well, let me me back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. On my way home from that uh, billing cycle meeting, I had to pull off the road and I cried for half an hour. Wow. Like I'm trying to do now, but it's it's such a big thing to me that that's okay. Yes. I've learned that. Yeah, because uh, these are tears of joy. You you cannot believe what God has just done because this is something that you've been praying for for a while and just to see it happening and uh, coming to reality is something that you have to have tears of joy and yeah. seeing how God come comes through. God was so good to me at that point 
it was just uncomprehendable. Uh-huh. You know, you just, here it is. Thank you for, for being faithful. And for being patient. And too. for being patient. And I might not have been too patient, but thank you for being faithful and, right. and relying on me and trusting that I was going to do this for you. So the next week, we had a windstorm and a big tree went through my sawmill building. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. It was the best thing because what happened? I built the sawmill building and I have sawmills. So for just a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars, I could fix it. But the insurance company came out and they gave me $16,000. To fix it? To fix it. Oh, wow. The story gets better. <laughs> they said, okay. while we're here, this is wind damage. While we're here, we got to look. Policy says we have to look at the rest of your buildings on this property, which is my house and mm-hmm. other buildings. Mm-hmm. So they went to my house and they're like, oh, we found two tabs of shingles off your house. We need to replace the roof on your house. Well, I had already replaced half of it. Mm-hmm. And so they're only replacing the other half. Right. We'll give you $8,000 to do that. Now what are we up to? Oh, wow. We're up to $24,000. $24,000, yes. So they wrote me a check for $16,000 before they left. And then in a few weeks, they sent me the other eight. So I put the 16000 in the bank, and when it cleared, mm-hmm. I wrote a check to the village church for a church. For a church in El Salvador. No skin off my back. Wow. God gave me the 50000 Then he gave me the 10000 I was able to put a little more money on somebody else's school bill, mm-hmm. pay my daughter's school bill off, and have money left over. Wow, that is amazing. Unbelievable. That is unbelievable. So looking at all the, the whole experience, what are some of the lessons that you learned? I know you have um, as, uh, talked about uh, patience and being faithful, but overall, what are some of the lessons that you, you learned from this experience? Faith. Mm-hmm. Faith is so important. That's one of the ways God speaks to people and speaks to me. Mm-hmm. And to have the patience, I'm not a patient person, I'm tunnel vision, I'm very, I can be intense. My wife will tell you that. Mm. And that's okay. Um, But tunneled in the right way, it's okay. So patience, um, it's made me more humble, meek, kind. Just to be able to see that Jesus would do that for me. Mm -hmm. If you were to share with with someone an encouragement who is in business, maybe probably the same situation, going the same situation as yours, they're confronted with working for the Lord or helping the church, what will be your words to them? Well, for starters, you can't outgive God. Uh-huh. So from that point on to this point, uh, we've been in the black, we've been way in the black, and we've been able to give more. And every time we give, we get more than that back. So as a business owner to another business owner, find the relationship with Jesus cherish it ask for things that you can give back to him because he'll give them back to you again Mm. it's it's a two-way street you can't just expect him to give you things you have to be part of it amen that is so true so this whole experience of course as you're saying had a huge impact on your spiritual walk with christ how about um the people that you work with yeah it's changed my life because Today, I'm not afraid to say the word Jesus in front of anybody. Mm. 
which is very odd to me that myself or anybody else could have that problem because he made us, he gave us everything we have, and we're okay to say a football star's name, but we're not okay to say the name of Jesus. That's right, that's right. It's sad. Uh It's super sad. So I had that same problem with the people I worked with, and I'm convicted today that I'm their leader in business, but I need to be their leader in their spiritual life too. And I can stand in front of them, and I can say the things that Jesus shows me to say because there's times I go into worships with nothing and come out with the best worship I've ever had. And I'm not an upfront person. Mm-hmm. I don't like to be in front of people. They're staring at you. <laughs> <laughs> all the attention, all the eyes on you. <laughs> but God has helped me mm-hmm. and he's helped my guys. And they're all in a spiritual walk of their own journey. And he's, he's changing their lives. Whether it was through me or not, I hope it was. Now you are having worships with them before you start work? We do. every Wherever I'm working, Uh usually at the sawmill or on a timber project, we have worship, and sometimes they'll go an hour. I've had them go an hour and a half. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the Lord makes up the work we missed Mm. every time. And I offer, if the guys are hurting for money, they they can put it on their hours. I don't check it. But if they need it, they can take it. And if they don't, then they can feel free to have worship like the rest of us. That is amazing. That is incredible. How long ago did you start worship with, with the people that you work with? It was shortly after that change in my life where we got that, that money to pay back that debt. It was, it was just a blatant, okay, you get it now. Let's start doing something about it. Uh-huh. And I just was pushed. The Holy Spirit pushes me so hard sometimes. It's like he's got his hands on my back mm-hmm. and just says, do it. And what are you going to do? Say no? Mm. I mean, it's it's God. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so yes, that's it would, God. it's been good, and it gets better and better because I feel more comfortable with the worships, and I'm reading more. I just finished reading the Bible Saturday read it all the way from cover to cover. I'm not a reader, and I'm so proud of that. Yeah, that is amazing. You are telling me before the interview that you just finished, like it has happened recently that you've just finished the Bible. Uh, do, you, do you mind sharing that experience, like when you were going through the Bible, and how was it like? Well, I started, uh, it was at the beginning of a winter. It wasn't this winter, it was last winter, so I'm a little over a year on the Bible. I'm a slow reader, but I build fires I build quite a few fires at home every day, the kiln, the house, the Mm -hmm. the sawmill. And so when you're building the fire, you have a little downtime. So I would read the Bible while I sat there. And I would start sometimes at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, and all of a sudden I'd catch myself reading the Bible till 5 to 8 when I should be at work. And so I got engrossed in it. The Old Testament was a little tough at start. I wish I'd almost read it backwards. But I got through it, and I really enjoyed it. And now that I'm all the way through it, it's a serious witness to my guys because I know a little more what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And that really helps. Yeah, that helps a lot, especially when you're going to share with others. Uh, you you have experienced it. Yeah. And now you're sharing part of your experience uh, to others as well. And you can't tell somebody else to do something if you haven't done it. It yeah. doesn't work that way. They're not going to have any faith in you. Mm-hmm. So... 
now I'm going to start telling my guys they got to read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and they know that. They're, they're a great bunch of guys to work with. Amen. Amen. So there's one point that you mentioned that stood out to me uh, when you said now you are a business leader and also a spiritual leader. You know, it's not always the case where someone can be a business leader and a spiritual leader combined. Yeah, that's really hard. That's really hard. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that's really hard. So what, uh, what are the areas where it's hard and what are the areas where you're seeing a lot of growth and improvement? Well, in construction, um, everything is crude. So the language and the actions, uh, everything is just crude. So it makes it really hard. You have different walks of life coming into a construction site that you don't have working mm -hmm. as a church secretary or you know what <laughs> I mean right, yeah it's, it's just a different draw of people yeah so besides being really hard it just has its its challenges the customers that we work with where this has worked out the best is they see my guys now showing up on the job not using the Lord's name in vain and not not swearing and being kind mm -hmm. and humble and it's a witness now as a company even though they're all on different journeys to my customers and I've had some seriously good stuff texts and encouragement come through in the last few weeks of customers that just out of the blue say this is the greatest thing ever you guys are so kind and nice you're just a reflection of what even what somebody did say you're a reflection of Jesus wow which Praise is the, the biggest compliment ever to be able to say you portrayed Jesus mm. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. That is a huge compliment, yeah. And that's what we are striving for as Christians to be able to reflect Christ, you know. Yeah. It's not like you start bragging that, oh, I'm looking like Jesus now. I got it all. But this is what we all look forward to because you remember Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's one thing that I started right off from the beginning is preaching. I'm not a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> preaching that actions speak louder than words mm -hmm. and I don't care what you say but if you're not living it it's mm -hmm. not working it's not doing anybody any good right that is so that is so true so I didn't plan on uh, talking about this next question but um, if you don't mind sharing with us you didn't stop uh, taking projects after uh, the peg light the school now I see a sign at the at the entrance of neighbor to neighbor um, they do stuff like re uh, disaster relief and, and they help people with clothing and different things in their houses. But now I see a sign that is outside that says bush construction. So do you mind sharing with us uh, that experience? Yeah, we've had our challenges. Uh -huh. The devil has interjected his hand and, and God has definitely interjected his hand. We waited on the power company for a lot of months anybody that's driven by there wondered what we were doing mm -hmm. that's okay we had a power pole in the middle of the floor in the middle of the building and it had to go and so months went by during those months I learned a lot about neighbor to neighbor and mm -hmm. that the Christian people that run that and the Christian things they do and how much they give away compared to how much money they make selling is on two different spectrums of the scale so Neighbor to Neighbor is is funded by God. It Amen. really is. Amen. They're doing really good things. So we had a little break after we finally got done with, got the power out of there, and we got it enclosed, and we were heading for the finish line, 
and COVID-19 showed up. Hmm. And so now we're shut down again. But that's okay because we're not working in defense. We're working on the offense. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to get done, and it's going to get done fast enough. Amen. The business will be able to go forward and do things that they couldn't have done before with the little cram building that they were in. And it'll show the love of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. Amen. Just uh, one last thing. This is a quick one before we end our talk here. You and I, oh, you just mentioned um, COVID-19. You and I were on our way to El Salvador recently. Yeah. That was a a long couple of days. (laughs) Yes. And we're looking forward uh, to go and um, help in building. A university. One of the buildings that are going to be the beginning of a university down there, Seventh-day Adventist University in El Salvador, which is going to be called or which is called Ford University in memory of the Fords that were the pioneer mm-hmm. pioneers of the work in El Salvador Adventism. So do you mind sharing some of the highlights of the of the trip? We didn't end up going to El Salvador. <laughs> <laughs> well, Michael Cusarawana was the highlight. <laughs> but we had a great group. It's a bonding experience to go down there and work, and we got the bonding experience just in a couple of days of travel. Mm-hmm. So before before you go, I just want to highlight so that some of the, our listeners can have a context. So we're, we're supposed to go as a close to 200 yeah. uh, people a group of volunteers. And uh, that 200 big group was divided into smaller groups. So you and I were in one of the smaller groups that had 18 people, yeah. which is supposed to travel. So we were on our way. Then you can take it from there. So the, uh, we were the only group in transit. Um, mm-hmm. by airline at that time when they shut the borders. We got to Chicago. We made it through pretty clear. Mm-hmm. We got to Houston, and we were waiting for our flight, and they had started to board, and a bunch of people were on the plane, and That's we were right. getting ready to get on the plane, and they shut the borders to El Salvador. So after a few hours, we had to make a decision to get back, and we were able to find tickets fast. That mm-hmm. which was a, a providence of God, I'm sure, uh, to get back to Chicago. Unfortunately, we could have almost got home that night, but the That's right. airlines decided to do f- a full-service oil change on our plane mm-hmm. engines, and so we sat there for four hours in the plane, <laughs> <laughs> and we made it back to Chicago. They gave us um, vouchers for hotel rooms for the night, and we got out of there the next morning, mm-hmm. um, but we were able to bond and and we had a good time. Even yeah, it was a it was a bonding time. Though we didn't make it to our destination, it was a it was a blessing in disguise because I remember on that plane that we were delayed, that plane that we were doing oil change, I saw some of uh, our group members having really amazing conversations with the people that they were sitting with, yeah. exchanging contacts and uh, sharing the gospel, even sharing our website and sharing different resources to some of the people that were still wondering, like, what's happening in this world? And they had so many questions and they didn't understand. So I guess it was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Yeah. 
and we also saw some of the young people that were going to El Salvador, a Christian group that uh, yeah. started singing. Yeah, that airport. was incredible. As soon as they got the word announced that the borders were shut, this group of teenagers mm-hmm. um, knelt down and prayed. And some of our group was in was next to them, and they knelt down with them. And then when they got up, they they busted out their instruments and guitars, and they started singing loud mm-hmm. in an in the Houston airport, which is yeah. not a small airport. And they were not ashamed. And they were not ashamed at all, it didn't seem like. So it was a blessing to me Mm -hmm. um, as a Seventh-day Adventist to see another Christian group with faith and being strong and not being worried about people looking at them as weird. Yeah, that was uh, that was very very encouraging. And people who were passing by, they had their phones and they were recording them singing, yeah. and that was a witness. It actually brought comfort to other people that were scared of yeah. the of the COVID nineteen. And we still thank the Lord for the protection. We still our prayers still go out to the people that uh, have been infected, and those who yeah. have lost their loved ones. We still pray for them, but we're able to get back safe. And it seems like that the project in El Salvador is going to go even a little better and affect more people and impact more people Uh because of being able to maybe split it up into smaller groups. So the Lord's hand was in it the entire way. We asked for, we prayed that he would open the door and we prayed that he would shut the door Mm -hmm. and he shut it and it was just in time. Just in time and the Lord is so faithful. Yeah. And uh, that whole experience uh, helped us to bond with each other. We got to know each other better. And um, we encouraged each other on our way back. And the airlines, actually, they said they, they were not going to charge us for, they were not going to charge us yeah. for coming back, for, for, for returning from Houston. It was as Chicago. if we never even went on their books. We were getting new tickets to go again. So it was yes. really good. And they were going to, to, to keep our tickets available which was a huge blessing. Yeah. So any, any final words pertaining to everything that we've discussed? If there's someone who is listening and there who might be in any of the situations that we've discussed, any final words that you would like to give them? My final words, uh, just probably like we were had at our worship this morning back at the sawmill, is the relationship you have with Jesus is the most important. Mm-hmm. Once you get that connection and you're praying and you have faith he will show you the rest of it amen so it's that love of jesus that'll carry you through amen amen praise the lord praise the lord thank you so much for all the time yeah, that, thank you for uh, having that you took to to share i hope a lot of people will be able to be encouraged by the testimony amen. and get closer to god amen This is Michael Xarona, and you have been listening to Why I Am Here. For more episodes, please visit villagesda.org. We would like to thank Pastor Ron Kelly and his pastoral staff for making this show a reality. We would also like to thank Village Seventh-day Adventist Church in Bering Springs, Michigan, for their support and sponsoring this show. If you would like your story to be featured on this show, please visit villagesda.org. If you have enjoyed this show, please remember to subscribe, review, and share with your friends. You can also listen to this show on your favorite podcast platform. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.